And we're back. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Straight to VHS, the Chris and Carson Show. I'm Carson. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm back. And I'm Kyle, also back. Where'd you go, Kyle? Um, wait. Well, it was just a break between podcasts. I didn't go anywhere. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you went on a trip or something. No. You didn't you didn't take your break to like go to Hawaii or something? Enjoy the beach? Yeah, not quite the quite an option at this point in my life, uh, Chris, or anyone's life really, I guess. So no, I did not. Oh, okay. Well, we're glad Kyle's back. And we're glad you're all back. All ten of you. To listen to another series, another season of our uh, movie review, movie breakdown, movie fun podcast. That's what we like to do here on Straight to VHS. Let's have some fun. Uh, but it got me thinking, you know, we, we set out, we had this goal at the beginning, let's do 10 episodes, see how it goes, season one. Um, of those 10 episodes, looking back, guys, uh, what are your, do, do you have any favorites? Do you have any favorite podcasts or, or, or favorite, favorite uh, movies that we looked at? That's interesting. I ooh, favorite movie. Probably I mean Marriage Story is the best movie we saw. My favorite movie of course was The Descendants uh, trilogy. So much so that I purchased a collector's edition book uh, from that series. It was fate. It was at the grocery store checkout line one day and I spent like 5 bucks on it. It was the best money I've ever spent in my life. He's not joking folks. He really did buy that magazine. Uh, okay, so for me, I guess Marriage Story is the best one we watched, right? Are we all in agreement on that? Or what do you think, Carson? Um, I don't know. I have... I'm looking through all the movies we've done, and I think it's funny that... Oh, The Ritual. That's a, That was a classic. Um, the, the idea of seasons for a podcast about movies is kind of uh, funny to me. Why is that funny, Kyle? <laughs> explain Sorry. explain the joke to us <laughs> sorry i didn't know if it was on purpose or what but uh you guys don't let me in on that in the production talks i just kind of show up <laughs> and you just throw if, things at me so it, so you're saying we should have done like part one or like sequels this is our sequel <laughs> yeah we're only going to watch sequels from here on out so okay this is definitely the empire strikes back of our podcast for sure um <laughs> We're going to peak this season before we get too big and it, the money and everything goes to our heads. We have sort of a floundering third third arc. Um, I don't know. Like, Wait, Return are you the Jedi? Is this a block bashing? Are we? I mean, <laughs> what is this? Okay, I didn't want to go here. I didn't want to go here, but yes. I mean, it was, the unnecessariness of it, how the armor is just stupid and weak, you know, how Luke gives himself up to Vader. There's just a lot of it I don't like about it. Are. Okay. I feel like they're just normal stones. Do we have other <laughs> evidence that they special, that they're stronger? Special stones. Well, it's it's not it's not the stones that defeat the stormtroopers' impenetrable armor. It's love and friendship of the Ewoks. <laughs> the stormtroopers can't hold up against their bond and unity and and love for one another. So, just like couldn't have said it better myself. 
just like other podcasts can't hold up to the love, unity, and bond between the three of us. That's why our podcast is number one in the world, I think. <laughs> Last I checked. Yeah, don't don't actually don't check that. <laughs> so to answer my own question, uh I don't think I, I apologize if I phrased it this way, because it's not what I meant. I don't really care what the quote unquote best movie is that we watched, but in terms of like your favorite or the one and, and that's where Chris went, descendants. And, um that, yeah, descendants, that makes a lot of uh Descendants Part Two specifically, which is oh, like our podcast, wow, the, the Empire, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, the Empire of the Descendants trilogy. <laughs> That's just wonderful, Chris. Uh, oh my gosh! I have to say, I I liked Ballad of Buster Scruggs better than Marriage Story. I don't know. I mean, I'm not here to tell you that it's a better movie. You know, I didn't major in film in college or write you know newspaper columns about movies or whatever. But I I I thought to me, Ballad of Buster Scruggs was quote unquote better. Uh, but they're just very different, so it's sort of up to your taste. Um, and my favorite episode was obviously um, the the ritual. I, I don't think it got any better than that. <laughs> oh, that's movie I picked. So I get wow. do I get a bonus? Yeah, we're gonna double what you're currently being paid. Yes. So well, what did you sign for your season two contract? I don't think that's I, in your season one contract. Uh, sorry, uh, sequel. Oh, contract. Sequel Kyle, contract. Please. Sorry. We're not a, see, it doesn't make sense. We're not a TV podcast. Why would we call it a series or seasons? You know? I don't know. That's actually on me. I don't know. So you guys ready to talk about this movie? Well, what movie? Yeah. Is it? Well, here's the thing. Yes, I am. I, I watch, you guys didn't tell me we're going on a summer break <laughs> between, between podcast series. And so I watched this like four weeks ago and I can barely remember it. <laughs> You didn't revisit it like a good patron of the uh, movie podcast you're on? No. And in fact, I tried to go out of my way to forget it. Oh, <laughs> so that's where we're headed. Okay. Carson, yeah. what movie did we watch? Kyle, this week on Straight to VHS, I had us all watch the action, military, science, fiction, action, film, Spectral on Netflix. Uh what to say about this movie um there is a war-torn eastern european city it is unspecified throughout uh correct no no correct? it was supposed that, to be it was moldova. moldova yeah oh really yeah. i was gonna say was i thought it was cool be. they actually had a real country usually they come up with like a fake <laughs> fictional place to avoid like weird political stuff but they're like nah, no, we invaded they, moldova i feel like they politicized this unnecessarily so but we'll get to that Wow, I, I'm off to a just a rocket start here. Okay, so we're in Moldova. Like me trying to describe this movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, and um, our first character is uh, Dr. Mark Klein. Uh, he is a scientist, uh, inventor, creator of sorts that uh, makes weapons and other technology for the war efforts. Uh, but he's sort of conflicted about it. Um, to demonstrate this internal conflict, uh, we get the uh, sort of, you know, very, you know, tough to read scene, you know, full of interesting questions right off the bat, where the industry guys come in and ask him to make a weapon that will boil live human flesh. And he's kind of torn up about it. It's, you know, it's sort of an interesting question whether that's an okay thing to bring into the world. So he struggles with that. Uh, that's the sort of emotional depth we're going to get from this movie throughout. And uh, eventually he's sent out to Moldova, which I wouldn't have known. Uh, it's near Russia, by the way. And uh, 
they're fighting a rebel sort of insurgency in the city. Uh, but lo and behold, there are these uh, paranormal, uh, unknown, unclassified sort of forms that just appear that are only visible through these special goggles that Dr. Klein himself uh, created. That's why he got sent out there. And these sort of um, paranormal beings, these white forms that are sort of drifting in the wind, uh, run up and kill soldiers, whoever they come into contact with. This is the scene that we're met with. Um, There's a mission into the city. There's an extraction out of the city. And then there's one final epic run into the the heart of the city where the power plant is. And uh, they have to uh, destroy the power plant, obviously, to kill all the creatures. And uh, yeah, I think I'll stop rambling there. Yeah, wow. I felt like I was on a second summer break. That was such a long breakdown. (laughs) I like watched the movie all over again. Well, you're welcome. You said you'd forgotten it. So uh, now yeah, that I've refreshed you, uh, Chris, yeah. what, did, what did you think about Spectral? Uh, I, I was entertained by it. It was a I'm a sucker for sci fi. This was like sci fi light. We can get in that uh, in a bit. But so I, I automatically give a movie a pass if it pretends or dons this science fiction uh, genre. And so I was entertained. It was decent acting. Uh, you mean too sci-fi fancy. Uh, fantasy genre right yeah <laughs> there's a lot of fantasy elements in this <laughs> um so yeah i i enjoyed it i no complaints really it, it's not something you know I'll, i think about very much since watching it was just like a, a pleasant way to spend the evening yeah i'll say i didn't really enjoy it that much well i guess it was it was entertaining but i is not something I'll probably return back to. Uh, but it was, it, yeah, like Chris said, a fine way to spend an evening. I, I didn't really particularly enjoy a whole lot about it, but I thought that the action sequences and the way it was shot and filmed and obviously the the product, I thought the production as a whole was, was well done. Um, and I guess, I mean, just the story was absolute shambles and, was not that good for for me but whoa spitting fire i don't know it's just it was very contrived and not a lot of depth um and not really sure what it wanted to say if anything and not necessarily needed to say anything but i think it wanted to and it just really didn't yeah i'm reminded of a review uh, that got me really triggered at the time of the movie Joker from earlier in, in 2019. Uh, and this critic said of Joker, this movie says nothing and it says it extremely loudly or something like that. And I think that's a valid criticism of Spectral uh, more generally. I agree that this sort of action, like soft sci-fi movie doesn't need to have a message or anything. Although hang tight because i'm sure we'll have a message later um, well, we, oh shoot was i sw- i didn't i didn't come up with i wrote down time. a few things about what i think it was trying to say okay. but it constantly upended itself i don't know anyway yeah. but but it it could have just been like a fun like action driven um just sort of mindless sci-fi movie and it would have been better had it been that but then it tried to give us these sort of um 
deep philosophical takes about what it is to be alive and the place of science and religion and all of this stuff. And I was just like, ah, okay. Uh, but let's, uh, let's walk back for a sec. Just go back to the plot. So Dr. Klein gets to Moldova. Did you say that's where they're at? Well, let's walk it back even further for a sec. Let's go back to his lab. Uh, and I, this is our first like pseudo theme is the science versus military that they sort of tiptoed around the rest of the movie. But, but my favorite thing is, is when the military shows up and he shows them his machine that, as you mentioned, can either boil any liquid at a distance or like flash freeze things. Mm. And the, the military dudes are like, Oh great. We could use this to kill people. And the scientist is like stunned that his, his machine that he can works boil- for DARPA. Yeah, his machine that can boil blood from from a mile away is going to be used to kill. He's like shocked. Also, okay, look, I didn't necessarily know what the, the thing was at the beginning, what agency and then their DARPA, but still, where's like OSHA and all this? Because that kind of like energy and weaponry, and they're literally just standing a few feet away from it and firing it at an ice block <laughs> with no protective gear no shield between them and the equipment this experimenting is just incredibly dangerous and i it's just highly unbelievable and kind of took me out of the movie for a second if we want to you sound uh, offended kyle are you okay well as a man of the sciences you know uh (laughs) (laughs) i wanted it i just you know like a little more believability every now and then yeah no to be fair for the scientist he thought they were just going to use it to like boil drinking water so when the insurgents go to take a swig they like burn the roof of their mouth and then are like in their own head space the rest of the battle and war so he had no clue they'd use to like melt brains and stuff yeah, I mean, no, I'm just picking. That was a little nitpick right there, but it was. Uh, I got plenty of those coming. We can keep uh, keep moving. <laughs> I want to ask Moldova. Oh, is this a uh, was this water boiling, water vaporizing plot? Like, wasn't this part of a James Bond movie? Yeah, well, it, it that one James Bond movie, which no, it was it Quantum of Solace. I know. How Spe- perfect you wanted it to be it, Spectre so bad. I know. How perfect would that have been? Oh, my God. Oh. Also, um, yeah, we, I, the naming, uh, I have a... Yeah, keep going, Chris. Yeah, I, well, I really thought this, this weapon that boiled water would be used to, like, save the day at the end. And it's like, no, it was just an opening thing, I guess, to show how smart right. and moral... Yeah how the he has the moral high ground mm-hmm. no it was really just an opening bit of for him to be offended about uh the errant to show that he's got technology. yeah yeah the moral high ground on all the military heathens uh warmongers such that we are so our morally upstanding dr klein or yeah klein yeah, what's his name i honestly can't tom uh klein <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Klein. Okay. You don't use first names in the military anyway. Oh. Well, he's on it. Okay, do, go ahead. But never mind. I think it was Tom, actually. No uh, way, really? That was a shot in the dark. My notes just say Klein. Um, okay, well, let's just say stick with Klein. Literally, so, okay, IMDB just has it listed as Klein, so... <laughs> we're... Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's not important to I name your characters. You. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Klein was his first name and Tom was his last name. Keep keep looking that okay. up, Kyle. Keep researching. Mm. But anyway, um, so they get there. He learns from the uh, 
general guy um, that they're having problems with these zombies taking out their troops, and they plan this mission into the quote-unquote abandoned zone of the city. I don't think zombie is a fair term for them. You don't think, like, before you learn about them, that the way they move and screech and sort of fling around, I mean, I mean, you can't see them. That, I, I guess part of the reason why I might agree with you is because you can't really see them except with the special technology. But, I mean, they sort they of do move kind like of seem zombies. Like, uh, kind of like, uh, what's that one movie with Will Smith? Yeah. I Am Legend. They're kind of like, they kind of act I like know. those zombies a little what bit. What are you talking about? The way they're they like scream? ghosts. Yeah. Well, they're I know, ghosts. but they're not like, I know they're like, they're like ethereal types of those. Oh, okay. Uh, You're just saying yeah, like obviously, personality yeah. wise. Yeah. And their movement. Okay. And, their, and movement a little bit. Just they're very agile. Okay. I see what, you're, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Gotcha. Will you allow me to proceed uh, by calling yeah. them zombies well, until we... <laughs> yeah, we just, I, we I really thought... Spectrals, which, okay. I... <laughs> if you let me go in right now, just for like one minute. Uh, spectral, spectral is an adjective. And <laughs> <laughs> so... Really, what the word they're looking for is is specters, but, uh, but James Bond, James yeah, Bond, Specter just came out the year prior, <laughs> and I think maybe they were worried that they'd be stepping on the toes of James Bond <laughs> by calling a specter. So they're like, hmm, let's just make it not another noun, rather, but an adjective uh, in spectrals, and that just is really I don't I don't I don't know what I don't get it. Explain well, here it here. Me. This is, I think this falls under a segment I'd like to do for this movie, which is called sci-fi mumbo jumbo, where, <laughs> where sci-fi, sci-fi movies just make up words and phrases that make them sound smart when you really, but when you isolate them, you go, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> so, yes, I so like spectral, spectral is a great uh, yeah. one and I'll throw out, I'll pepper them out throughout, okay. but, but one from back in his time in the lab. Here's a direct quote. He says, concavity has spun to zero. Lynn's track is hot. Alignment is keyed in. It's just like, they just love throwing these like <laughs> phrases. Wow, that that sounds really, really smart like, though. That's it, not a good Yeah, it name. sounds smart. Yeah. But when you pause <laughs> Fire it. Fire it. Fire it up. Let's go. Come yeah, in. no safety re- no safety equipment required. No. Just just melt that. Just key it in. That, uh, Keep that concavity. That concavity needs to be low. I mean, that was yeah. the main key right off the bat. Once I knew well, that, I knew it was going to yeah. work. <laughs> not just to, not just to low. Concavity has got to be spun to zero. Right. Well, I mean, that's you know, that's perfection right there. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> what are the margins on the concavity we can work with here? So another one. Sorry, there's one more. Oh. We're kind of spacing wise. Did you did you pick up the name when he first learns about these weird ghosts and they think they might be like soldiers with with invisible suits or something and they they take him to the SCIF which is an acronym for Sensitive Compartmented Information Facility which was a box that they had to talk to him in so no one could hear <laughs> I mean those kinds of places exist I I exist I'm not really sure if that's what they call them. I haven't heard of called that. Usually, just call it like the vault where like sensitive well, yeah. information is is kept that you can't like here's talk the thing about, about outside of it. So here's the thing about yeah. Skiff, Kyle. Skiff, you don't you don't know learn about oh, Skiff, Skiff until Hold you're on. in Skiff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Sin- now that you is say it? it, I think Skiff is is a is an actual oh term. My God. Yeah. So Spectral is giving away military secrets. 
no <laughs> this movie is a danger to our freedom in our government and country <laughs> i just didn't hear it pronounced okay once you said skiff now that makes sense and not ringed a bell but okay. sdif hey. uh is not something i usually heard but yeah well all right you know what sci-fi mumbo jumbo strike that one from the yeah. list it's real tied we didn't make it pants up. down a little bit there okay hey point <laughs> it's tied it's love one one <laughs> me versus spectral <laughs> i'm sure there will be many more opportunities for you all to right, run up so... the score here chris <laughs> so all right well carson i'm curious what you know what what is our scientist asked to do in the movie? Because I forget. It's been so long since I've seen it. Yeah, thank God. I feel bad for... Thank you for getting us back on track because I feel bad for <laughs> anyone listening who's trying to follow who has not seen this movie. Um, so they are in Moldova and they have a mission to go into the abandoned zone to try and get a, a team to rescue a team that they had lost out there and, I don't know, do some reconnaissance. It's sort of Utah unclear team. to me. Yeah, Team Utah. Um, yeah, they were cool. Yeah, good dudes. Um, all but one die, uh, but um, <laughs> really, it was it was a good it was a good squad. So they get to the building, and then they have their first massive encounter with these uh, hyperspectral beings or uh, spectrals, as they like to errantly be called. Thank you, Kyle, for letting us know that, that that's an adjective. Yeah. I, I, let uh, me be clear. I think spectral, like as a movie name, is like pretty cool and like grabs you with like and the guy on the front cut co- like the cover or whatever like yeah badass cool don't call things that then though okay i'm done um i will say uh this scene that carson's about to talk about i think was a neat set piece i think this was the best part of the film for me and i appreciate the movie didn't piss around for too long it's like okay we're just gonna dive into the action pretty quick i, I don't know exactly time wise but it got to it pretty pretty swiftly it was very fast and it was a cool scene. Yeah. They get out of the tank mm-hmm. and their cars, they breach the building, go in and they're um, sort of hunting around looking to see in this building, if they're, if team Utah is still around. And then eventually uh, somebody who's in the van, I think it was Klein catches that there was movement. The movement sensors on the goggles co- catches something and they flip over this <laughs> ceramic uh, bathtub and underneath is one of the one of the last surviving members of Team Utah who had uh, survived the attack by hiding under this bathtub. Yeah. Then the spectrals come out and start attacking them and at this point I just want to take a moment to talk about how it's cool and interesting to me that this movie just jumped into the supernatural element right away. Now the payoff of that and um, what these supernatural uh, sorry these spectrals are there's there isn't much of one for me and it sounds like for you guys either it just wasn't it's junk science mumbo jumbo half science whatever and it's just not very interesting or well executed but i appreciated that they at least tried to go right into that because there's a world in which this movie's made where they do the worldly events the worldly attack first you know we never really see the quote-unquote insurgents or or the rebels in moldova that the americans are supposedly fighting it just goes right into the supernatural battle um Mm. and i thought that was cool well this movie's following a a playbook to the t which is i think the director who i'm not sure who it is but nick matthew um, his first his feature debut well, he definitely had just seen James Cameron's uh, Aliens right before making this movie because <laughs> they're basically the first half of the films are identical, which is 
third party person joins a team of soldiers who are unsure of that person. Uh, the soldiers going cocky to a scenario they aren't prepared for and get decimated by these creatures in one movie, aliens, and the other one, spectrals. Wow. Our main character is sitting in an armored vehicle watching in horror as they're being killed one by one. Mm -hmm. And then to top it all off, eventually the survivors uh, stumble out of there and find safety where they discover a small child. It's Mm -hmm. like the same Mm -hmm. same exact start. So Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, if you're going to watch Spectral, just watch Aliens instead. You'll have a better time. That's a good recommendation. And I think... I think I agree that this set piece was really uh, well executed and and probably the best one of the movie. I like the end too, um, not like the payoff, but like the actual action, which mm. I think is one of the only reasons to watch this movie is if you kind of like uh, good production and action and and everything. But I feel like a lot like they took a lot of L's in that building <laughs> getting out of there. <laughs> like and you saw a lot of people die. Um, and, but still a lot more people survived than I thought though, too. Yeah. It came out like, like losing a lot of people, but not as much, I guess, as I thought I saw, I don't know that where they took more in than I remember, uh, but it was I uh, definitely, you, you learn how big their group is just by how many people die. <laughs> they still have, like, I thought yeah. it, there was like 20 dudes there. And then you see like 30 get massacred by the yeah, spectrals like, well, on the room. They're all gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's over. <laughs> and then like a dozen come out of the building. You're like, well, oh, okay. Like <laughs> we're still in this. Let's go. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. We got a fighting chance here. I, I think it's a problem. The movie faces, which is you never really quite understand how powerful or dangerous these creatures are because they seem to scale based on the what situation the in the story. film yeah yeah so like in that first set piece they're just like brutally flying around murdering people like within two seconds and then later in the movie that we have fight scenes where it seems like it takes them 20 minutes just to kill one person because they're just slowly advancing and they seem to be missing whereas in that first scene you're like well this this is over they literally can't stop these things they're just yeah. way too powerful yeah well, and even going back to the opening, opening scene where there's some random Marine there who we don't really know about mm. who's sort of wandering around. Davis. Ah, uh, Davis. Yeah. How could I forget? R.I.P. Um, yeah. My favorite character, Davis. He, he when, the, when the spectral is sort of approaching him, it sort of looks like a limping zombie, like a slow, like <laughs> walking dead type zombie or uh, like zombie land type zombie. Um, so they really night of the living dead zombie Mm. Kyle you have anything to add Uh, no I no I don't I forgot the ones you already mentioned so I'm not even (laughs) (laughs) so after they flee this building with uh, one remaining member of team Utah but he dies soon after this I can't quite remember what are Um, you sure yeah I thought he lived to the end the guy who goes crazy yeah oh Pretty, I thought he died in the when they're trying to escape. I think this is a problem of the film, too. It's hard to tell the soldiers apart. Yeah. They don't have a lot of characterization between them, other than, like, no. that's the crazy survivor, who I thought survived to the end of the movie, <laughs> and you thought died shortly after that first scene, and we can't really figure it out between us. I don't think we're going to come to the bottom. I, and I cannot say either way as, as well. 
I think he lives longer than Carson thinks, but maybe shorter than Chris thinks. I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. I'm you know like what? That. It doesn't matter. We're going to keep moving. <laughs> they get to the new building and discover the two kids, as Chris said. Um, and they discover, because this building is surrounded by a circle of like ground-up iron, like an iron deposit minerals, just in a circle all outside the building. And that, guys, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the key to defeating the spectrals at least early on yeah they get they stick to iron or something like that it was never quite explained why what a mcguffin yeah what an absolute mcguffin first off it's a big city big country what are the chances they find the one building that's protected against these monsters wait, wait come on what are, they're so lucky they should <laughs> No Chris, come on, it's a movie. I mean, there's a lot. Well, I mean, I, yeah. Look, come on, Kyle. They, what they okay, could have done. That's fair because that. there's other stuff for me that took me out. It's stuff. Come on, Carson. You took it, took it out for you. Well, here's here's a simple fix, Kyle. You show the father figure waving at them, saying, "Come over here, come over here." He's and dead, he dies. Chris. He well, you could have had him die on screen, saving them, and then it gives the soldiers a little bit oh. of grief and awkwardness around the kids because their dad died saving the they soldiers. Just saw him, yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't give a shit about the kids too. They messed. God up. forbid, Kyle. We have a emotional core to this movie. Yeah, that, for me, that was, it was a problem I had with the movie too. What's the kids? It was more troubling to me that there was just this iron, like this massive <laughs> flaky iron deposit that they could spread around like sand around the, like who has that just laying around? I get that the, the dad Eastern was supposed European to be. Countries. Really? Is this, is this just a product <laughs> of my know. Americanism? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and check my privilege. You're right. Most households in other parts of the world have all of that iron just sort of uh, weighing them down. You're right. Um, well, man, if they would have gotten like a medieval suit, like, you know, big iron armor suit, they would have lived forever because they just walk around the, the <laughs> spectacle could have done shit against them. So you guys, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Well, the other, only other thing too is like later in the movie, a tank shows up and the spectacle seemed to blow up tanks, no problem. So I'm just not, again, I don't understand. Well, the no, they couldn't around. though, remember? Well, the tank got blown up somehow. I guess. Well, I they just kept running how. into it because I guess they're super strong too. But they couldn't go through it, and that was the key. <laughs> okay, but again, also like they do it later when they so later on they storm the building and they do it by parkouring over like light posts and stuff. But I just don't understand why on the ground level they couldn't just jump like one foot i saw that over. criticism elsewhere and doing some yeah. research on the movies and i was they never thought of it never occurred to me because i'm stupid but yes chris that that's a great point i don't know it why they just like, tried to sludge through it when they've been jumping yeah. around i uh, guess when it first when it first happened i was like okay this is like a pseudo magical barrier this is our fantasy element coming in <laughs> where yes it's like it's more like it's sort of like um it's like this unbroken if it's an unbroken circle of iron they can't pass yeah. but it's like no they just have to like get a little higher and parkour over yeah. it's like it the circle sense. it's like the circle with the bear and, and spongebob yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, I had that written down in my notes that's, that's funny you thought of the same thing oh my gosh so let's go back to the kids for a second you're telling me you guys didn't shed a tear when uh young bogdan God, not absolutely okay. not. Bogdan! No, I, here's, here's the thing. 
he was my hero, and here's why, <laughs> if I may, Kyle. Let me let me pitch you why he's my hero and see okay. if you change your mind on him. Okay. He died in the most badass way possible, which was he went to loot some corpses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he was going to get this little piece of ceramic or something? Mm, I think he went to go search the pockets to see if the guy had any change. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a big problem for me in the movie talking about like an emotional core or lack thereof was the like just throwing kids in and thinking that we'll care about them as an audience because they're kids or something is how I took it. And it was very cheap and I did not care about the kids at all and Uh, was not sad one iota. I just can't believe it. You're we've established you're a gambling man. Yeah. And this kid gambled the ultimate cost. (laughs) He was chasing that high. (laughs) He said, yeah. let me go, let me, let me take one more hit to see if I can cash out here and be set for life. Well, I'll tell you what did resonate. is my big bet that one of those kids was dead uh, <laughs> by the end of the movie. And that one paid out big time. <laughs> I need to back up because we passed over it real quick. My, uh, my favorite line of the movie. I also, oh. also my nominee for the King Ben Memorial worst line of the film Um, (laughs) okay they just get to the second little hideout that's protected by the spongebob magic iron circle and uh they discover uh one of the uh, other surviving members of team utah and he yeah what i just don't understand how like that was so strange to me because i'm like there's one survivor then all of a sudden this other dude's like survivor too too? yeah where was he i don't know but he came out of the building with them well, he said he was like he was waiting he back in the truck. He was like he was the truck guy of that unit, so he was just like hiding in the truck. But he was in the time. building. Yeah, it's so bizarre. It doesn't make any sense. I'm just like, who the who the hell is this fake Utah guy? There's only one Utah in my mind, and he's the crazy dude. <laughs> he may or may not to be the dead. End of the movie. He lives to the end of the movie and gets to go home to his sweetheart. Yeah. Well, fake Utah asks the others, you know, have you seen my captain? And then uh, the guy responds, put it to you this way. Not going to be getting Christmas cards from Captain Comstock this year. I don't remember that. That's a good line. It's a brutal line. Imagine, like, put yourself in in this guy's shoes for a second. He's asking, have you seen my captain? And the guy makes a quip about your captain being brutally murdered. That's how I'd want to find out. Yeah. (laughs) Not getting a Christmas card this year. As long as we're on. Okay, as long as we're on uh, best quotes, uh, when they're looking out at the uh, the iron shavings and they're like not able to cross over, mm-hmm. uh, someone just says, uh, it's a barrier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> way to show, <laughs> way to show, don't tell there. Uh, and then uh, one, one thing I thought was funny was these guys are spec ops guys and uh, in this sequence that we actually all kind of liked in this building that we're, we can't escape because we keep talking about it. But uh, when it starts, they all start coming at them. They're like, where is it? Where is it? And one guy just yells there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, what? A, like, I wrote down what a call out because that is just <laughs> the epitome of how you uh, call out threats in a military uh, combat environment. Just yelling there. <laughs> they were spooked, or maybe that's man, how they... in sync they were with each other he just yells there and they know i don't know i'm surprised he had to say anything usually they just like move their eyes and they all instantly (laughs) know it's like a hive mind (laughs) any other quotes 
Um, I have some, but I'm going to save them for the sci-fi mumbo jumbo segment uh, that's quickly become a fan favorite. Okay, yeah, I like people it. People are writing in about it right now as we record. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's just jump ahead. They eventually get rescued. They lose most of their men, uh, mm-hmm. teaching us that they indeed still had quite a few men left to be killed. Um, and they eventually, you know, I think like a, a handful, maybe like 10, get helicoptered out of there. And but they can't go back to base because that has too been overrun with um, spectrals. So they have to go to a uh, uh, like a refugee camp or something. Mm-hmm. It's on on this big hill. First off, I thought for sure this big hill was going to be the last battle. I thought they were just going to yeah. hold out there. How cool would that no, have you been? take like the a last battle stand. to them? Yeah, uh, I like Carson's move. We don't there. sit back. We're America. We don't sit back and wait for them to come to us. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we were also America, aka a shining light atop the hill. So you tell me. Oh, hmm. wow! Hmm. Could have had a cool montage of like them training the the refugees and like passing out sharpened like iron stakes and being like, you know, that that cool like training montage as they like dig trenches and stuff. That'd be awesome. So yeah, let's talk about that because we sort of got. <laughs> much trimmed down version of that montage (laughs) with when there's no build up or lead up at all they're just all sitting around the the remnants of the military base and their leaders are yelling at each other over their lack of plan and then dr clyde or whatever his name was just yells out i figured it out i've got it yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah here's here's my favorite thing a part of his figure it out here's a quote this is a sci-fi mumbo jumbo um this is a direct quote, by the way. He says, this is when he's explaining to the soldiers. He says, this stuff can't pass through ceramic. You know what that means? It's man-made. <laughs> like, what What does that even mean? Like, it, it's such a meaningless statement. Like, tons of things. Like, water can't pass through ceramic. That's not man-made. And then here's his next line. This is him, like, basically explaining to them why they can defeat these spectrals. He, quote, he says... Lava can turn into rock, ice into water, metals can melt. <laughs> and then he says, we have to use plasmic discharge weapons. Yeah. Which he is able to create using like old telephones and laptops yeah. and and light bulbs that are just around this refugee camp. He can create these like unprecedented weaponry that's just like impossibly powerful well he's the famous dr clyde after all uh, i guess he's he's the world's greatest inventor slash scientist well we figured that out at the beginning like he'd been dealing with like the spec ops guys like eight or ten times and he's helped him out and he works at darpa and he they just I mean, figured I'm out just... how to melt stuff i'll go to bat for dr Klein. well i'm just proud he could set aside his get off his high horse for a second and make tools of destruction <laughs> I want to talk about this, but I I need to back up just for one second. Um, Just to just to be clear, ice can turn into water, though, right? That like those were all true statements. Those were all true statements. Yeah, Yeah. metal. Chris, are you against science? Do you not believe in science? (laughs) It's sci-fi mumbo jumbo is not just like fake stuff they come up with. It's also just random things they Uh, say that seems like it. Oh, can I? Can I? isolate it it actually is a big nothing Mm, i like it are we in the sci-fi mumbo jumbo segment because i i want to add something to it if we are kyle 
we're watching Spectral. We are always in the sci-fi. <laughs> like Perfect. But I want to bring up the uh, the term that he, he found out what it was. Do you guys remember the name of it? I, I tried to write it down, and then I forgot. Yeah. Carson? Oh, uh, like what they actually are? Yeah, what they're made of. Yeah, it was the uh, Bose-Einstein condensate. Ah, winner, winner. That's correct. Yes. So now so, we're going to go into Kyle's science corner. Kyle, tell us what this is. No, I'm not, I didn't actually look this up. <laughs> I, I should have. I did. I could have. If I did, you did? I did just briefly. I okay. didn't take any notes on well, it, but just, just to see if it was real. And, and it is uh, like, it's a theoretical state of matter well, type of matter. And, and that really gets to what I wanted to talk about is that it just feels like along with all the other science mumbo jumbo it's just another one but like the writer it seems like or writers that had a few it seems like on this on this movie um a few drinks you know well they just like it looks like they came across this term one day and they're like oh i can like make a movie out of this Mm. or something and they kind of knock it around and try different things and then they end up with something like spectral and then they just can throw this term around and other uh, science terms like we've talked about and sound smart and then also kind of think that they're i don't know make a good movie out of it which yeah i mean this is like yeah in another movie they they could have easily been like oh these are dark matter beings yeah you know it just seems like a like a buzzy science word so i guess yeah actually that's a good question did did they come across this term first or did they uh try to shoehorn this in after they made these uh spectrals Hmm. that's a good question i'm not sure i'm guessing what they they decided was they wanted some sort of ghost like Mm -hmm. creatures but and then they were like, yeah, they're like, we got to come up with some sort of plausible science reason for these to exist, is my guess. Yeah, that's a good guess. Yeah. And then they can add in like, oh, they're like, what kind of looks like a ghost in science? Yeah. It's like Bose-Einstein condensate. Cool. We have our solution. One guy was like, we call them phasmic uh, <laughs> light uh, seekers. And the other guy's like, well, that's not really a thing. One guy was reading a textbook and he goes, "Hey, I just, I just found this thing." They're like, okay, they shrug and say, "Okay." <laughs> well, boys, you're in luck, and so are the guys trying to come up with the uh, defining term, the defining moment of this movie, the Bose-Einstein condensate. Because I still had digital copies of my notes from Physics 201, and so we're gonna go to uh, Carson's old notebook. Not the notebook segment, but just a, a, a different notebook, you, if you will. This is um, getting confusing. Have, why do you still have all of your notes? What is this from college or high school? It's it's from college, and I have okay. it. I have it on my OneDrive, and uh, it explains perfectly the Bose-Einstein condensate. Um, what I have here is uh, particles of atoms really cold, no movement. So there you go. That's the Bose-Einstein oh. condensate. To be fair, that's about all the so, the writers looked up yeah. before they just shrugged and said, "Okay, this is why you became a lawyer and they're writers, <laughs> and why none of us are scientists." <laughs> well, I just watched Spectral. I think I know a thing or two about science. So these uh, zombies are actually uh, Bose-Einstein condensate, mm-hmm. uh, and they still 
to be revealed later why they take human form. But basically, they're so yeah, cold. And have, like, when... a consciousness. Right. To Again, to be revealed later. We'll get there, oh. guys. I know you're <laughs> okay, on the end. Sorry. sorry. Oof. Um, yeah, easy, easy cop. Um, but they're so cold that when they touch you, it it kills you, basically. And that's sort of mm. the basic idea of, of the, the spectrals. Oh, really? um, So then we get this uh, fun montage. And this is my biggest problem with the movie, is the doctor guy comes up with... So he gets over his moral high ground, whatever, to create these killing machines to take out the spectrals or whatever. <laughs> but Hell yeah. he outfits the entire army in like one little montage. Like if we have no concept of time or space, but he, yeah. he just makes all these hundreds, maybe thousands of weapons by himself. That's the beauty of a montage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the problem too, is this is supposed to be a science fiction film and it's supposed to be a science fiction war movie, but basically for the majority of the film, they're just using normal guns, normal vehicles. There's tanks, there's helicopters. But they don't do and anything. And then in the last, like, <laughs> that's right. But I'm saying in the last 30 minutes, all of a sudden they have these cool, like, plasma guns. They have these, like, robotic dogs. Yeah. The dog thing. robots were my favorite. I, I laughed out loud when I saw those guys. So, so my point is, like, why don't we have, like, technology like this peppered throughout the film? Instead, it's just like at the very end, like, the tank could have easily been like the team should have gone into that opening building with one of those robot dogs or just something like just throw those well, around. They had the, the UV searchlight to uh, in the middle of the movie. That's yeah. where we got like that idea. I mean, but that was t- I've seen a flashlight before, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> That's not very science fictiony. True. I have one in my desk drawer right now. I could pull it out and send you a photo if you want to be amazed. <laughs> Careful! Don't don't uh, you you don't know what you'll turn up in the shadows there. Maybe some lurking spectrals. I, don't test me, Kyle. I, I probably have two or three flashlights scattered oh my around God. my apartment. Spectrals better watch out. And you know what? Give me a montage. I can combine them together into a plasma gun. <laughs> you don't look out. Yeah. Why Chris and his own little science fiction universe. <laughs> so we go out, and uh, they need to. Well, first, we haven't even talked about my favorite character, Doctor Fred, uh, the only like female character besides the child. Oh man, and the- that was just like, <laughs> yeah, that was just like the the writers shrugged and be like, well, I guess we need a love interest. Oh my god, right. uh, <laughs> So she she's not a doctor either, by the way. She's a CIA person. Oh right, right. She's a CIA officer. Um, but Emily Mortimer plays Fran Madison, the CIA officer. Uh, and she's while they're at the refugee hideout, she's like, I've been talking to locals and they told me about this power plant. And she starts going through all these photos she finds. <laughs> so I guess all of these locals just had like all of these like print out photos of the power plant. It just made me laugh. Yeah. It's like, why is that what you're, you're carting around? But, <laughs> she's like, hey, I just talked to these locals and they told me that these are uh, Bose Einstein condensates <laughs> created in the local power plant. The only way to stop them is. <laughs> Uh, oh well speaking of like talking to people like locals when they talk to the kids i thought that they were going to be making a uh, statement on on like like how wo- terrible like war is because they're like the aritari uh like where they come from or how how come they're here and the little boy's like war and so you're yeah. like oh war is terrible it's creating these creatures that are stuck in their purgatory which is like the, yeah, what yeah, the kids yeah. believe and then uh, later they're like, 
no, it's actually just science. And it's this (laughs) evil middle, uh, like uh, Eastern European regime that's evil and taking people and making them into these monsters. It it definitely undercut things. I thought what the movie was going to do, and I guess in a way I'm glad they didn't, though I think it would have been a more powerful message, is I thought the general guy was going to turn out to be evil and we were going to find out that he was the one, like it was an American science team that created these things Mm. that got out of hand. Because then it would be like the Americans came in to help, but really they're just messing things up and have created these unstoppable creatures and ruined things. Instead, it's like, no, it it was the insurgents. They they did it. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So let's go there to the insurgents master plan. Uh, at the uh, power plant, as we've been discussing, get the, what are the cooler sci-fi action sequences of the movie? Uh, they land, and oh, the first yeah. guy brings out the big sort of railgun type thing, has to set it up, um, and gets one like discharge plasma shot off and hits a spectral. And I tell you Ooh. what, guys, when he uh, said uh, confirmed spectral kill, I got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> So I enjoyed when they when they at the very end when he like combined all like six guns and like connected okay. them all up and then was like bam and then he like flew back but, and he was like ah and then like it was all I thought that was actually really cool. It doesn't make sense. He just takes like six guns it and like duct tapes them together Please. and turns it into like a laser bazooka. At that point, stop! It's just awesome. Okay, just plug in, plug in the batteries to the six guns and connect them all up, and here we, here we go. You know, it rock and roll time. Man, we're really leaning into the fantasy and not the science fiction. Of <laughs> well, Chris, that's what bothered you, and not the fact that the spectrals now had started, like conglomerating and forming this one giant spectral oh you know what that reminds me of just thinking about that like when the dementors were all flying around asked what it was also it's funny that they can fly now when earlier they were defeated by a like a millimeter high iron circle and now they can fly through the sky in a metal structure but it's fine because we got the uh, charge plasma beam rifle all duct taped together. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take them down. But anyway, uh, Fran, played by Emily Mortimer and uh, Doctor Klein, make it into the center of the power plant. They uh, bust it all down. Uh, at first, it's concerning because the instructions to uh, to blow it all up were in a different language, and she has trouble reading it. But there's actually a really helpful uh, picture graphic that sort of shows them what to do. What a, con- what a contrived like problem they had to face. But it doesn't, just to, like, it doesn't even it stop them. She's like, I'm having trouble reading it. Then, then next she shot, reads it. Then I'm she reading reads it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just leaves out like the, uh, the, whatever you call them, the thes and the and. She's like, reactor, unplug, disconnect, all of them. It's like... <laughs> Like, wow, you really struggled with that. Yeah, but it's like, if that wasn't enough, she's like, oh, I can never read it. But then there's like a moving graphic on the screen that shows yeah, what to do. Yeah, yeah. The plugs being pulled out. Anyway, so now I think we've come to the most important segment of uh, of this movie where they go back even further into the power plant. The spectrals are all dead now, but they see what was animating, giving life to uh, the Bose-Einstein constant or whatever it was, condensate. 
and it's these brains and nervous systems that are hooked up to wires and they're brains of living or dead or somewhere in the middle people uh, that have been, you know, used to animate the, the spectrals. So I just think it's really important to sit here and consider, you know, like, is that an okay thing to do to a person, take out their living brain and wire it up to animate some weapon? I don't know. I mean, there's strong arguments on both sides. What do you guys think? Um, I want to know, I didn't um, understand how, you know, and I couldn't read the, the instructions, but I didn't understand how unplugging everything killed all the spectrals at once. Like, were they, I didn't, you know what? I don't even well, really care. Like, I just missed that, that part of the movie. They I was did like, that because out. It, it was too impossible. It, this is a classic science fiction thing where they back, they write themselves into a corner where they've created something so impossible to defeat yeah. that the only way to do it is like flip a switch or yep. destroy a central thing or, yeah. you right. know, yeah. Well, I guess it just doesn't make sense that like, yeah, unplugging it and they're not connected in any physical way, it seems to this thing, but just basically unplugging from the wall kills them all, but it doesn't kill all their, their brains and stuff are on a separate generator, I guess. Uh, That was a little strange. I guess that's smart to have two separate power sources. I think you were on the right track, Kyle, as in don't think too hard about this. Yeah, I, I really, yeah. But then we they win. The day is won. Yeah, and what that's... a weird ending. It's just like it's over now. Yeah, and then there's Bye. this weird like trying to be emotional scene with Clyde getting on a helicopter to go home, and then like the door to the helicopter shuts and the credits yeah. roll. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. So bizarre. Why is that helicopter empty? Why is he the only one on it? Because the rest have got to go kill some natives. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I like. I feel like. We don't. We try to use the space and aircraft efficiently, um, and that just was not. Was now not that it. now that the ghosts are gone, we can go back to culling the 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 locals. Oh one, boy, what a, what a movie. As much as time. as much as we're giving it crap, like <laughs> it knew what it was doing. I feel like and had good production and it like it or it didn't know what it was doing, kind of story wise, but it knew what it was doing when it was filming action and the camera. It was. It was smarter than uh, the story was. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what bothers me the most is like I'm more down than most for like a good, bad, trashy action movie or trashy sci-fi movie for that matter. You know, it doesn't need to be like perfect. Just make it cool and fun and like lots of action. And I think the about, you know, had they done 20 percent more of that and 20 percent less of. Ugh, an iron circle ring will stop them. Um, it it could have been like I I would have been able to walk away and say like that was fun. I'm glad I watched that. Uh, yeah. And now I'm just sort of like eh, didn't love it, yeah. didn't hate and, it, and sort of hated it. <laughs> if you'll allow me to just uh, go into why I think the production and like all the so especially the like the VFX and the props and everything like worked and it was like super cool. Like I was into it at the end, and that's why I think the ending was was pretty fun it was like all their big guns and their their suits of armor that didn't end up helping them at all because of course they don't but uh they they at least looked cool was that what it was weta workshop which is peter jackson's uh kind of prop company and they also they have a, a digital subsidiary that did the some uh special effects stuff and so these guys are just like masters because 
Mm. they've done everything you know i mean peter jack so they did lord of the rings and all the props and stuff for that and so that's why it looks as good as it does well a mark against them is they also did the hobbit trilogy which uh, i mean props are still good (laughs) are they i thought it was fine in this movie i thought they were good i liked it I'm not sure what props exactly. There was some CGI. I'm. I guess. I guess. The like all the guns. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I, well, now that you mention it, I wouldn't have known that because I didn't do that sort of research into this. But uh, it does sort of the technology and the feel of the movie did it remind me of uh, District Nine a little bit. Yeah, Isn't that a Peter Jackson? That. Uh, I think it. I think it is. Well, that'll be funny for the listener if it's no, not. No, actually, I'm not sure. I don't sure think either. that's true. Though I did think about District 9 at one point when he's in the junkyard. Does it look like it? I'm, I'm almost 100% sure District 9. No, All right. right. It, it is. Guy. It is Peter Jackson. So there you go. Oh, Stuff hey, uh, it, Chris. Like time, out. time out for a sec. So District 9 uh, produced by Peter Jackson. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't. I don't think that's a period. No. <laughs> well, I'm the ultimate flip flopper. I just go with the whatever you guys are saying. I'm looking at it on my phone right now. Don't push me on this, Chris. Okay. Why don't we do? Why don't we do it? I'm tired of talking about spectral. Let's let's go talk about it in the notebook setting. Do we have a jingle or anything? Or or no? What? Oh, yeah. That's no, Kyle's job. What Kyle. are you talking about? That- Oh no, he, that's a mailbag that's thing. That's a mailbag thing. For notebook. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's All not right. in my contract for a notebook okay. jingle. That's for sure. All right, who's got it out? Uh, I can go. We haven't even mentioned Bruce Greenwood in this movie. The only guy I you did. What? I said. Well, I didn't say his name, but I said I thought he'd be evil. Oh yeah, okay, but we did not. I'm talking specifically like the actor and his face, and the oh, yeah. only guy that people might even recognize going into this movie. Um, I recognized. I don't know from what, but I recognized the dude who made the super gun at the end. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I recognized him. I'm sorry okay. to burst your. Uh, okay, your well, statement. I mean, don't, for me, this was Bruce Greenwood. So I thought he. Uh, yeah. Did, did well with what little he was given. Uh, I enjoy a good performance from him. All right. I have a note. His speech was all right. It was, a, yeah, it was okay. It was definitely. weird, though, how he, he, like, stayed behind, right? All right, that's what I'm saying. He, was, like, he stayed behind yeah. at the refugee camp. Like, I, get, oh, really? I guess, like, the general or the leader is, like, sort of calling the shots, but, like, what shots is he calling from back at the base? He was just, like, not involved. He's also one of, like, 25 to get out of his old base, uh, it's suspicious. Yeah, <laughs> out of like hundreds. Yeah. That's why I thought he'd be a villain. Yeah, no, it was set up perfectly for that. But um, every time I hear DARPA, all I can think of is Dharma from Lost, <laughs> the Dharma Initiative, and uh, that made what that meant was the entirety of this movie. I was thinking about Lost and how I want to rewatch the show. So it was quite distracting. Uh, that's a great note. Love me some Dharma. Uh, similarly, I was also reminded of an old show that I enjoyed, uh, but for different reasons. Uh, Fran, the uh, CIA lady, 
um, aka Emily Mortimer. Uh, most recently saw her as Mackenzie McHale from The Newsroom. Highly recommend it for all you Sorkin heads out there, Aaron Sorkin. Uh, it's a great little show. So, uh, okay. Is that what they're called? Sorkin heads? You know, I, I'm coining the term now. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that'll stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I have a little note on its statement on science and te- technology and how it should be used in combat. It's like, he's trying to take this moral high ground and Einstein was mentioned at the beginning and uh, he's like, uh, he didn't want to use obviously the stuff to kill people or whatever. We've, we've talked about that a little bit, but it's like at this point, it's like Pandora's box is already fully open. The, the nuclear bomb is probably the end all be all of something that can kill people. Right. And it just ends civilizations so it's like one little thing to like fry someone you know someone's flesh or whatever it's like you're you're not ever gonna be reach like nuclear uh bomb level type of stuff so i don't know i disagree kyle yeah i think the end all be all are spectrals Mm. no we can defeat that shit though (laughs) are you stopping a nuclear bomb i can stop a spectral with a plasma gun would a nuclear bomb stop a spectral if it had plasma in it? I'll have to go back and check. Gotta load up, load up the warheads with plasma. <laughs> I guess. Is that something you can do? Is that a simple process? Uh, you know, I'll get to my talk to my talk to my nuclear fission guy. But uh, okay, we'll, we'll make it work. Might be nice to have a couple of those on hand just in case. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Spectrals are worse, Chris. Um, oh my God, my note is uh just a small small thing i thought the uh robo dogs one of my favorite parts of the movie the little uh i guess dr clyde makes them at the refugee camp he has these giant <laughs> robotic dogs walking around with floodlights on their heads but uh yeah they reminded me of zoids and uh oh. if you know what i'm talking about that'll be a fun reference for you That's, oh man. i love zoids oh i just looked it up That's the other a- day Really? Why yeah, were you looking at I'm not at sure. I don't think it was in relation to this movie. <laughs> also, can I say I was sadder when one of those like dog robot dogs got taken out than when the kid died? What? <laughs> Bogdan! <laughs> Man. <laughs> justice for Bogdan. <laughs> no, justice for my robot dogs, man. They deserve this. Hey, Kyle, I have a note, but it's more of a request. Okay. Will you turn me into a spectral? <laughs> uh, I can get you to an Eastern European country that can do that for you. Yeah. How's there? How, I can't really travel right now. Do you think that's going to be a problem? Um, ooh. I tell you what. We'll make a couple of calls and I'll see what I can do. Okay. Thank, thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I just think it'd be fun to fly around, you know? Yeah. Just watch out for the iron shavings. Well, they're not much of an issue. You sell that to Just the say hi. To the... <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get over that. In the first scene, they have to like walk over these telephone lines to like get into the building, and then by the end of it, they're just all flying around and forming one giant spectral. Yeah, well, they had to figure out their monster. abilities, you know. Yeah, maybe that's oh, it. You gotta evolve. It's sort of like level up, sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's interesting. A little credit there. Too much credit. Any last notes, boys? 
No, most of mine were discussed in the course of it. My last thing is I uh, I felt for you, Chris, because I thought uh, huh? much like your uh, that episode of Game of Thrones that you despised, that you thought was too dark. There were some scenes in here where I had trouble seeing. So are you, were you okay? No, really. Did you, did you get through it? No, I'm the opposite. I, I was afraid that that was going to be the case in the very opening scene, the very, very opening when Davis gets killed. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. They're going to just, like, hide their bad special effects with darkness, um, which is oh. a staple of a bad movie. Um, but no, I, I thought... So I even wrote my in my notes, I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be <laughs> terrible lighting. And other than that opening scene, it was fine. Most of the action was during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they actually used lighting, like most good production companies do. And the director's like, hey, maybe... Maybe let's get a light on that dude's face so we can see while he emotes. Yeah. So I was really I was really impressed with them. I have to say it doesn't matter, but I did struggle during the very first breach scene when they were trying to take out Team Utah. I had to like shut <laughs> Take out. Oh, sorry, sorry. They were trying to Extract. take out. Yeah. <laughs> save. They were trying to save Team Utah. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. I had to Crazy. close my windows blinds, but um Well, I'll say this this movie did have a budget of seventy million dollars and Whoa. It, it only got the Netflix original stamp mm. after it bought it got bought by Netflix from uh, Universal. The rights got bought because yeah. Universal was planning on taking the, or distributing this movie, and then they saw it and were like, "No, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah." And then this sold was going to be, Netflix. yeah, this was going to be like in theory they were going to release this mm-hmm. into uh, theaters, and then you know, right? I, I will say this is a nice thing about Netflix is that. It, it saves some of what used to be a direct-to-DVD film um, now gets picked up by some of these streaming sites and they slap their title on it. Right. But, and well, and that's what this podcast is about, right? It's kind of... Wait, what? Wait. Huh? Huh? Straight, straight to... Oh, my God, Oh, Kyle. my God. <laughs> oh, we've done it. <laughs> Connected the dots. Straight uh, to VHS season two. Like 12 and a half yeah. episodes give or take um, yeah not really or sure why no. i felt the need to mention that. yeah man no i i mean this is incredible i just thought carson was a big vhs fan hmm. wow you know kyle we're all it's we're, we're back as we indicated at the beginning we're all a little rusty you know this hasn't been our best performance but uh we're just revving up here you know we're we're slowly getting back into the groove and, and, and figuring out the title of the podcast that that's just comes along with it so uh well this would be actually this is a great lead-in kyle do your thing dude this is a great lead-in do your thing oh um a little uh mailbag (laughs) was that a question (laughs) no no we're not doing mailbag all right that's the end of the podcast what (laughs) no we are that was great kyle but but say I wasn't sure if you were asking me or telling me. You know, the jingle is supposed to tell me. Oh, oh uh, gosh! See, I already screwed it up. See, we're shaking That's the okay. rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's been like four months since we last recorded. Oh, feels like it. Um, we're back. Okay, I have a big backlog of messages. I can only imagine. But I wanted to. I wanted to pick a letter from someone, and it kind of ties in. I think it fits uh, the sequel podcast. And uh, 
it just it it works and i think it's something we haven't done as a podcast that we need to figure out but let me let uh ricky tomlin from connecticut set up the question ricky uh he he writes hey guys huge fan of the podcast as most are Mm. uh you guys should come up with a name for the fan base so we have something to call ourselves and i this is a great point from ricky you know we have so many fans Mm. and like carson um uh uh came up with you know for other things we we should have a name for our fan base so that they can like have a sense of identity and self don't they usually come up with that themselves yeah, but our fans are lazy jerks, so we got to do it for them. <laughs> so I thought we could right. just brainstorm really fast and, okay. and see if I have a couple, and you guys could think maybe why I, I, you know, I was thinking we could call them the Legion of Chris. Mm, that's good. Really, kick that one around, Kyle. <laughs> Take, oh, I'm we all get a it. vote. Yeah. Okay. Just think about it. We'll throw a bunch out and we'll see what sticks. I'm so. trying to play off the word straight, but that seems dangerous. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about that for yeah. a second too. Uh, stepped, stepped away from that. If, if you're really clever, you could come up with something with the VHS as like an acronym for mm-hmm. something. Uh, the Blockbusters. Give a shout out to Blockbuster. The uh, defunct store that, like used that. To, that used to peddle <laughs> VHSs. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, but, I like that actually. That's a pretty good one. How about something like "Straight to Their Heart" or something like that? Is there something? What? No? What? So you want to call our <laughs> fan base? So if if someone comes up to me I'm as a fan, if I was a fan, and someone said, no, like "Hey, hey," you know, no, 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 I don't like it. I said I like the. F- I just like that he put something out there. He's he's made himself vulnerable. Okay. Hit me, hit me. Um, how does this go? How about? How about in honor of I think everyone's favorite movie, we could call them spectrals. Spectrals. And people would be like, that's an adjective. <laughs> you don't Kyle, make any, any ideas. I feel like you've been judging Carson's wonderful no, ideas. I know, that's why I had to, yeah. Uh okay. Oh my gosh. Um Vidsters. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I have one that I think could say I've saved this one for last because I wanted you guys to get to just to stumble get all your over ideas. Our words and yeah. Just so you could come in and dunk on us. Yeah, here we go. Because here's the thing. I I've been thinking about this for like three or four hours. So The Straighteners. Um, oh, okay. Go ahead, Chris. This the, the straighteners. Like That's that. not bad. What about the interns? Oh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's very powerful. I like that. What that about means Jorge is more <laughs> That means they're kind of my legion. Well, or you're the ultimate fan. Well, that's true. I do love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I love myself on it. So yeah, in terms it is. That's true. Well, I think we've thrown a lot out there. Maybe we let our readers decide. Oh, readers. <laughs> 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 i thought they were viewers <laughs> we'll let our viewers decide uh, which one they like best straight to my heart so basically <laughs> ricky tomlin from connecticut figure it out yourself you that's t- what i'm saying they do it themselves we're not lazy there. asshole we're not 
we're not going to come up with your fan name for yeah. you, for your fan group for you. Do it yourself. Yeah. Make the Facebook page too. But also, Ricky, go for the interns. <laughs> that was great. Thanks, All Ricky. Right. Thanks for uh, being a listener, as always. Uh, thank you, Chris, um, for for putting together and being a part of this awesome podcast. Kyle, keep working on it. Um, and uh, for everyone that is an intern or part of the uh, Straight to My Heart fan club, uh, we'll see you here next week. Next week? Oh God, I gotta I gotta clear out some time on my schedule. I thought I had a month. <laughs> see you later.